well, when my wife Dina and I were just dating, there were so many fun things about our relationship. I mean, this is serious. We would date by going to the grocery store and getting our blood pressure checked. That was one of our dates. I mean, I don't know why. It was a cheap date. It's not like we were health nuts. It's just like they had the machine there, and you could just slip your arm in there and then hang out, right? I mean, it was it was all about the hangout. We, another time we were at, at the lake uh, that was kind of near her house, and we'd, we would take the dog around the lake, and we'd sit around, and we'd maybe smooch afterwards, and the dog would be patiently waiting for us. <laughs> we don't walk around the lake with the dog anymore and smooch much. I'm, something's wrong. Check That's... your blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, actually, we are of the age where maybe we should do that more often. So, Well, I'm John Fuller, and I'm in the studio with my friends and colleagues, Greg and Aaron Smalley, and... Um, you know, it's interesting. After a while, some of those fun things become a little bit annoying. Like if Dina said, hey, let's go check our blood pressure, I would say, why? I'm fine. I mean, I wouldn't see the relational aspect of the ask, if you will. So um, we'll, we'll have Greg and Aaron on in just a moment. But first, let's hear from a conversation Jim Daly and I had with the Smalleys about their book, Reconnected. And I'm pretty sure there's nothing in here about using free blood pressure machines to reconnect. <laughs> well, listen, you have written a wonderful book together, and you speak together and encourage couples to have strong, healthy marriages. So we're going to kind of put that to the test today. Uh, there was a point in your own marriage where you felt like things were drifting. And I, you know what? one thing I like about what we're doing, John? It is normal to have this happen. Um, you don't have to be embarrassed as a Christian couple particularly. But the tools to correct these things is what we want to talk about. Mm -hmm. So what was going on earlier in your marriage when you felt this drift, and what does it look like? Well, I was stunned when Aaron sat me down and said, here's the bottom line. I love you. I'm committed to you for a lifetime, but I feel like we are nothing more than married roommates. And it, it, it was so surprising to me because we were, yeah, I guess as I look back, we were in a really hard season of just being super busy. We had young kids. We had started a new ministry, working with couples in, in crisis. So here we both have our master's degree and doctorate in counseling, and we're supposed to have this great marriage. We'd written books on marriage. And here I have my wife telling me that, yeah, we're, we're nothing more than married roommates. And so I think it was just that that season that we were super busy um, working a lot and just had drifted apart. And, and I didn't realize that. I thought everything was going great. And thus, I didn't know what she really meant by that. Like, what? okay, what are you saying? Are we done? Are we... Am I in trouble? I I was so taken back. So what by were it. you saying? Aaron? Well, I was just helping him understand. So I was available because oh, I loved him, so him. I could just help him understand <laughs> what was really going on. The, the truth is, is that most couples, when they get married, you know, they've been hard after pursuing each other, and so their focus is directly on one another. And then they they conquer, they get married, and then many other things start to take their eyes off of each other. You think about, you know, work and kids and just the pursuit of this new life. And that's what I was saying to Greg is that our eyes have not remained on each other. It's been this slow fade of we went from absolutely pursuing each other wholeheartedly to pursuing many other things wholeheartedly. Yeah. Tell me about the safety pin in your in your first travel experience. What was that all? That was in courtship, but what was going on? So we'd just been engaged for a few months. I was moving from Phoenix, Arizona to Denver, Colorado to 
attend Denver Seminary. So I asked Aaron, hey, why don't you come with me? We've got some friends, family friends. You can stay with them, see where we're going to be next year when we get married. And so I'd loaded up a U-Haul. I was going to tow my car behind. The only U-Haul that was available because I didn't pre-book anything (laughs) was one that had a stick shift. And it just didn't. I really didn't have good experience driving it. And that. it was a humongous one. Like, we needed a little tiny one, yeah. and the only one left was this massive yeah. thing. It was like a 45-footer, you know, probably standard. where you don't want to overbuy. No. And so so I, I thought I hooked everything up right. And so as I started so early in the morning, Aaron came over. We got in, said goodbye to my parents. And so as I started down the road, I think I popped the clutch too hard, and we kind of jerked four or five times down the road. And all of a sudden, I looked in a side mirror, and I see my dad, you know, this famous author, Gary Smalley, running after the truck. And I'm, and I'm like, it's embarrassing. Oh, he I tell loves her. you. Let exactly. Go of it, dad. Yeah, it's time to cut the cord. What is he doing? And he ran marathons, so I'm like, he can at least go for 26 miles here, following me. She's like, just pull over. He probably wants one last hug. Uh, I pull over, roll the window down, and as he comes right up, I'm kind of reaching for him to give one last hug, and he goes, Greg, you idiot. (laughs) I'm like, wow, that's one way to kick me out of the nest, so to speak. He goes, don't you see what's in front of our house still? And as I really scanned through the rearview mirror, I could see my car that was on the trailer still (laughs) left behind. I guess when I popped the clutch, I knocked the whole thing off the hitch, (laughs) didn't install it right, whatever I did, but there it was. I tell you what stands out is Aaron laughed and laughed and laughed for like 10 minutes. She thought that was the cutest thing that I wouldn't check to see if the safety (laughs) pin was in right. And that's so true, right? About marriage. Early on in our marriage, everything's funny and adorable and cute and all these things (laughs) that begin to irritate us. it just wasn't the car because I can remember we're, you know, 20 miles outside of Phoenix. And I said, you know, do you have directions? Do you have a map? Because before this was before, you know, GPS GPS and and all that. And I thought it was so sweet that he had no idea where we were going. We were just going to follow signs. Yeah, north. Okay, so north. then things, you get married and things begin to change. Very much so. <laughs> Those aren't so You know, I anymore. wish I could have seen the indication of what I was signing up for, but... You know, the, those things are cute and funny back then. They become irritations and annoyances. And often we can become bitter and begin to believe, what in the world? I married this the wrong person. And, you know, the truth is the slow fade sets in and we can become roommates and isolated and lonely. And that is not what marriage was created to be. And yeah. we hear this all the time. So as we work with couples, as we're out doing events for Focus, we, we hear this. People will come up and say, we love each other. We're just, you know, we're committed, but we're just so disconnected. We feel like nothing more than married roommates. Mm-hmm. And so Aaron and I went on sort of this journey to go, well, what does that mean? So if if John is saying that he feels like roommates, if you're saying that, if we're saying that, what does that mean the same thing to everybody? And what we discovered by interviewing and studying all these couples that it seemed like there were about 10 major things that stood out that caused people to feel like the roommates. Mm. And so we went, all right, let's take those 10 things, help people understand why it happened. And then what's one, just one solution for each one of those 10. Mm. And that's really the the book. And that's why we're, we're thrilled. And I tell you, it's made such a big difference even in our own marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
so Greg and Aaron, I, it's fun to hear Jim asking you the questions and the way you relate to each other is is so consistent with who I see here in the studio and who I see outside of the studio. And I just appreciate your uh, your stories and your authenticity. Um, I do want to make sure our listeners know that the book that we were talking about, Reconnected, is available. We've got details in the show notes. Uh, if you can make a donation today to the ministry, we'll send it to you. And again, just check the uh, show notes for details. But Aaron, for that couple, um, in the season that you were addressing, the things that once were cute are kind of now irritants, what do you say? I mean, how do, how do you get a framing <laughs> and a perspective shift going? It's recognizing I'm smiling because there's things that I thought were so sweet. And, <laughs> you know, shortly after marriage, we were like, wait a minute, <laughs> who are you? Like, for example... Like, well, Greg currently has a blanket over his shoulders. <laughs> you know, as people it's age, cold. their yes, blood stands out, cold. they have less yes, body fat. Yes. And yeah. yeah. But really, it's often we attract our opposite. And so I'm more extroverted. Greg's more introverted. A, I wasn't really super aware of how introverted he was. And so, you know, but he liked to hang out with me. And so I thought he was pretty social. But... <laughs> soon to find out no greg's introverted and he doesn't necessarily want to go to the parties or to hang out with people and that became annoying to me it's just recognizing over time as we bring these characteristics into the marriage um, often one of our strengths can get over we can get overzealous with certain characteristics that we each have and so Things can be taken to extremes, like yet for certain seasons, Greg has become really introverted. And the more I try to focus on him and try to change him, the more he's going to resist what I'm wanting. Yeah. So it just doesn't work for us to change the other person. However, it is very common that we end up being annoyed by those cute little things that once were very cute. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm thinking of Dina's spontaneity and her creativity and her lack of organizational planning as she's doing a task. She's just like in the kitchen. I can walk in and every cupboard door is open because she's just being efficient and she's doing it this way. And and we sit down to the table and I don't, it's me. It's not her. It's me. I've got to say to myself, she worked really hard to make this meal, but I still get up and close all those cupboards before I can actually enjoy the meal. So I, I have to think, all right, she thinks that I'm just being irritating because I'm closing them all. And I could think she's being irritating by leaving them all open. But it's a frame shift to say, you know, she worked really hard. And that's her way of doing it, yeah. not and, my way of doing it. And what you're describing, John, is we call it negative beliefs, hmm. that we start developing these negative beliefs um, about our spouse, especially if things have been, if we've been disconnected or we're irritated or you know, disheartened, whatever. And what you're saying is, you know what, I can look at those open cabinets and see that she worked really hard to prepare this meal versus on a day that you're annoyed, you might see those open cupboards and have a negative belief of she leaves those open because she knows I'll go and close yeah, she's them. She's just trying to irritate yeah. me. Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's all about how we view that and recognizing when we're viewing our spouse in that negative light, we can challenge that. Yeah. Is that true? Is that my conclusion? Is that an accurate conclusion? Hmm. And, and what I'm thinking and believing about my spouse, is that true? Yeah, I appreciate that because um, I, I heard somebody just the other day saying, I like to assume the best in people. And if I do and they don't, 
um, you know, fulfill that expectation, I'm still kind of above the line in terms of behaviors and expectations. I'm still doing what I need to do. So, boy, as a spouse, just assume your spouse is trying the best uh, to, to please you, to serve you, to love you. It's not about trying to irritate you. I don't know too many spouses that really just try to irritate their, their mate. Now, in, in really, the goal can never be sameness. That, that just can't be my goal for our marriage is that we become more exactly like each other. What, what fun would that be? And it's oh, really, it could be fun. It, 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 it <laughs> could really we just wouldn't. try it for a while? Yeah, can we just try it yeah. for a week? How about a week? No, I'm telling you, that's God's beauty yeah, is just the, is. The, the differences. And, and it's, yeah, it can be annoying in moments, but for the most part, I'm so glad, I'm grateful of how different we are. And thus, I have to make room for both of us. And there are times that I really have to almost repeat that in my head. Okay, wait, she matters. Who Aaron is is who she is. That has to be okay. There has to be room for both of us. Do you have an example? Well, the one, and I seem like I always default to this talk about it. The lights. Constantly are the lights, but it's it's true. But even, you know, the the fact that you love having lights on, okay, I, I can either demand that you be exactly like me and never have a light on or go... You know, that's a beautiful part of who you are. You love that warmth and creating that that type of environment. Or I can be irritated and and go, you know what? You and I were just gone each for five days solid. Why is it that when I came home, there were people at our house (laughs) waiting to spend time with us? With like the I lights on, walk on top. in, with the lights and, on. yes. You know, and go. Why? Why can't she understand that I just need a night off? You know, I, I or I can just go. Well, if it's a big enough deal and that feels like such a huge loss, then I'll talk to Aaron mm-hmm. and go. You know, probably when we're gone for five days, I I need a day off from people. You know, just to to relax and recharge. Yeah. And, but it's really helpful to go up, and that's what I did yesterday. Oh, this is such a beautiful example of who Erin is. She just loves having people. It doesn't matter that if we've been gone or not. Here, here we mm-hmm. go. And so, so again, I'm not saying that we just blindly go along with everything. If it really matters and it bothers me, I'm going to talk to her about it. But otherwise, give each other room and space to be who you are. And look for the beauty in the differences. Mm-hmm. Viva les différences. <laughs> well, we'd love to remind you about our free marriage assessment, which will help you understand the differences and the strengths that you have together. Uh, it takes just a couple of minutes to complete. It'll help point out where you're doing well as a couple and offer ways to maybe improve in an area or two. And we'll link over to that in the show notes. Don't forget, also in the show notes, details about the book, Reconnected, and an opportunity for you to donate as well to the ministry. We'll hear more from Greg and Aaron next time about reconnecting. And uh, for now, I'm John Fuller. On behalf of the entire team here, thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. Mm